Hey, Steven. Hey, what? Dude, have you heard of the First Read Fantasy Football Podcast? Have I heard of it? Yeah, man, that's our podcast. Oh, right, 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 right. I knew that. Well, did you know that they have a Patreon? Yeah, I knew that. We made the Patreon. Oh, right, 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 right. I knew that too. But did you know that for as low as $3 a month? For $3 a month, you can support the show and get access to our exclusive Discord channel. And that for $5 a month, you also get access to our player rankings that we will update weekly until your fantasy football drafts. Then once the season has started, you will get access to our weekly player rankings to help your start sit decisions. Oh yeah. Yeah. I knew that. Oh, I should have known you knew that you're, you're pretty smart. Well, it's pretty awesome, man. And for $15 a month, you could even play with the host of the show in their own exclusive league. <laughs> now that's pretty cool. You're right. It is cool. And you absolutely can. So why don't you guys head on over to Patreon right now and search for First Read Fantasy Football Podcast so you can join today. What is up, everyone, and welcome into episode 25 of the First Read Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Cardenas, and here with me, as always, is my co-host and best friend, Tyler Carden. Tyler, 25 episodes in. Dude, 25 episodes in. Half a, I mean, a quarter century. <laughs> Not a half. That would be 50. Before you, they're going to hit 100 that. before you know it. It's just going to happen one day. Ooh, dude, that's like two years worth, right? Well. Like two years worth at once a week, which we're not going to do one episode a week here soon. If I That's very true. Correct. The current plan is to ramp up production a bit and go to two episodes a week once the season starts. And theoretically, theoretically. Okay, this is still early planning phase. We're not Theory. completely locked into this. Um, the idea would be to release on Monday morning, right? Uh, or Monday? Yeah, sure. I thought it was like Tuesday. Tuesday Monday? morning. You're Wednesday? right. Tuesday morning. Wednesday, Thursday. Who knows? <laughs> you see, we don't even remember. Dude, see, we don't. This is all theory. Um, theory is great because <laughs> theory is theory, right? Yes. Uh, oh, I remember. Fact. It's Tuesday. Tuesday morning and Thursday morning. That's what it is. I thought we did Wednesday and Thursday. Tuesday and Thursday. But maybe that too. Either way, I'm not the, the first one here. will be kind of a, a review show of the previous week. The second one um, will be a preview show kind of coming up and, and getting you guys ready. So the second one will definitely be released before the Thursday game, I think. But also maybe, maybe a YouTube not. show if we can figure it out. Oh, there we go. Maybe that will be the third. Maybe Monday, Ooh. Wednesday, Thursday. I like where we're going with this. That's, that's we should do bad. brainstorming not in the middle of the podcast, though. I mean, that's like a third of the time we talk each week. <laughs> Perfect time. <laughs> just kind of, we're really just, I mean, we're making this up as we go. Let's be honest. The whole thing is made up, it's just everything. Everything we do, it's all um, an illusion. You know, it's not an illusion. Oh, 
What a segue into what I was going to say. You want to know it's not an illusion? I think it kind of ruins it when you when you announce how good of a segue it is, like for your own segue. Like if I said I was, it, it'd be one thing, and you, you still haven't made the segue, so none of us know if it's a good segue or not. I mean, me, I am I am so fired up at you right now because you just <laughs> told me how bad my segue was leading into something. By interrupting my segue <laughs> in completely so, in something completely different, <laughs> like why? <laughs> the last forty seconds have been totally useless to everybody, including myself. <laughs> I am I am simply here for your misery. Anywho, speaking of misery, that is also a great segue. <laughs> I was gonna say the Loki finale is tomorrow, and that's gonna suck. <laughs> that does suck. I am um, miserable. Not because it's a bad show, right? No, it's a fantastic show. If you haven't seen Loki, go watch it. Um, you won't be disappointed. If you are a Marvel fan, you will love it. If you're not a Marvel fan, you're wrong. That's just how it goes. By the time you're listening to this, the finale is already out. It came out yesterday. And wow, it was was can you believe that finale? It was crazy, dude. That was absolutely wild. Unbelievable. Who would have thought he was dressing up as Thor the whole time? <laughs> Who would have thunk it? Dressing up as Loki. Who would have thunk it? <laughs> That's just our theory, oh, because again, theory right. is everything and not fact. <laughs> all right. So about um about uh two minutes later, why don't you go ahead and make your segue so we can uh Get rolling. I, that was literally my segue into the Loki conversation. You said illusion. He's an illusionist. It was literally perfect, but no. Instead, I got to somehow segue into this Aaron Rodgers thing. Uh, Anywho, I thought you were going to say it's not an illusion that Aaron Rodgers is on his way out of Green Bay. I don't know if Aaron Rodgers is on his Green Bay. Okay. So there's this guy named Aaron Rodgers, right? You guys might know who he is. Might he was your him. league. He was the league MVP last year in the and NFL, the football league. That's all you new about. YouTube listeners or new podcast listeners. That makes me very unhappy. For everybody watching, I'm holding up Bears logo right now. Makes me very unhappy that he was the league MVP last year. However, I'm starting. I already like Aaron Rodgers. I love Aaron Rodgers. I love the man. Mm-hmm. He's great. Yep. Um, hate his job and or his company whatever you want to call it i love him even more now today because the other day someone had asked him uh you know when are we gonna find out what's going on man like when, when, when are we gonna find out and he goes oh we'll see in a few weeks so we're adding more mystery and more just like like not carelessness but like whateverness <laughs> yeah like it's just what's <laughs> We'll see. Maybe I'm there. Maybe I'm gonna not be there. I don't. I don't right. know. <laughs> and I like absolutely a, love it so much. It's only his career, and he's just like, eh, what, whatever. Also, just the statement of like, I don't need to be at training camp, and it doesn't matter if the new kid is getting all of these reps. He's still not going to be better than me. That like <laughs> that that swagger there. You gotta love it. Dude, he he is he's what do we call him last week? He's a middle brother goat or something. What do we call him? I don't yes, remember. I don't even remember. But, uh, um he's middle brother goat though, and you gotta love him. I do kind of see it leaning more towards him coming back. 
I don't see the statement being like, oh, we'll see, and then him just not showing up. I think yeah. that's more unlikely. I, th- I think that's where I'm at, too. I feel like the longer this goes on, the more likely it feels like he's going to be in Green Bay. But I could be I could be wrong, but I just that's how I am thinking it. That's how I've been drafting recently, is that assuming he's going to be there. So, Yeah, I think even if he does come back, I think he doesn't have much longer. Like, yeah. I don't see a future where Aaron Rodgers is in Green Bay during the 2023 season, let's say. Like, That's I don't see that I, I, thing. Yeah. I agree with that as well. So I It'll be so interesting I'm to just, see how it all plays out. I am more than happy, even if Aaron Rodgers stays two more years. My friends, <laughs> my QB will be in his third year. Aaron Rodgers will be gone. All will be gold. All will be Gucci. It'll be wonderful. It'll be the, the start of suck. a new era. Kirk Cousins well, yeah. will be gone. That's true. You heard that. Kirk Cousins will probably be gone. Dalvin Cook might even be gone. Three years, two years from now might be beautiful. Well, speaking yeah. of Dalvin Cook, we beautiful. have got a good episode for you guys today. You want to talk about good segues. I just gave you one right there. Boom. Today is going to be our running back preview show. So we're going to break down our consensus running back rankings, dive into our tiers, and and kind of give you guys an idea of how we are going to be drafting these running backs. So last week we did quarterbacks. We did the same thing. This week is running backs, and it's a little less complicated because running backs are running backs. We are assuming a half PPR scoring format here. So there would be some variation, some slight differences in like a standard or full PPR, but um, we like using half because it gives an idea of just kind of how we see these players kind of in that middle zone and our, our rankings aren't going to be like completely different in full no, PPR no, or anything yeah. like that. Um, and nobody plays standard scoring anymore. So I don't even know why I brought it up now. PPR is the best. PPR is King. It is. It is. Uh, yes, absolutely. Yes. I'm, I'm a big fan of full PPR and kind of nothing else. Points are awesome. Points are great. Points are good. Points are very Who good. Who doesn't want points? <laughs> Yes, that is absolutely That's so, right. so, so true. All right, let's dive in. We're, we're going to break this down into tiers. Running backs. Right? Yep. I, I don't know if you mentioned that. I don't really listen to you that often. So we're going to break That's these fair. down in tiers, as Steven might have mentioned before. I, I'm not sure. But that's what's happening. So mm-hmm. our top 10 is pretty easy, I feel like. We're pretty yeah. we're pretty on the same page, I feel like, right? We're we're almost exactly on the same page as I was kind of looking through our consensus and getting, you know, our kind of combined rankings. We have the same 10 players ranked inside of our top 10, which is nuts. I don't think that'll be the same way in any other position. Maybe tight ends. I could see it, but I don't even think it it is with tight ends. No, I don't think it is. And we're only, I think there are two, like two groupings of players where we have them flip-flopped. Like I have a player third that you have fourth and vice versa, and then it happens again at like 9 and 10. So it's almost the exact same rankings. Uh, and this I was not it. on purpose. It's not like we like copy-pasted we each other. We don't other's. agree on things. We really don't. We try to argue as much as possible. <laughs> this just happens to be a place where we're, we're pretty much in agreement here. So let's go ahead. Why don't you walk us through Tier 1? Who are the top running backs for the 2021 fantasy football season? Uh, yes. So Tier 1, we have two Fine, gentlemen. 
donning the one and two spot. One, respectively, is CMC himself, Christian McCaffrey. I feel like this is just a consensus number one rank across the board. We have to throw a last season. Injuries happen. I don't foresee it being an issue until I see it being an issue, and I don't. Right, right? yeah. So CMC is the guy at, at number one, followed closely by the chef in the kitchen, as far as I'm concerned, Dalvin Cook from the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah, this was this has been my one and two all off season, and it's been the easiest decision that has for me to make in all of these. Oh. Yes. Sorry, we had some technical difficulties as we are putting the studio back together. Welcome back, Stephen. <laughs> Thank you. I accidentally <laughs> pulled a cord out of my microphone. Um, ah, uh, you can leave it unplugged. All right, all right, all right. Anyway, as I was saying, as I was saying, I get to say things. Um, Dominic Cook, Christian McCaffrey, they are just a step above (laughs) everyone else. Right? Why'd you say, oh, shoot? I don't don't know, dude. It's too long ago. We can't. We're not going to revisit that. We're past that. It's in the past. <laughs> and, Not our uh, highest quality material yet. No, it's but it's material. And <laughs> this is about as high quality as it gets even off air. So um, well, Dalvin Cook, CMC, yeah. a step above the rest. Guys, CMC is, is the Carolina Panthers. There actually is no one else on the team, so don't draft anybody else. Uh, I'm kidding. So, no, he, he's, he's a monster. <laughs> Sam Darnold's coming in. I don't know how Sam Darnold's going to do in that system right away, so he's going to lean on some people, and CMC's going to yeah. be the guy he leans on. Yep. You know, he's going to pass the ball to him. They're going to hand it off to him. Mm-hmm. He's going to be the workhorse. He's going to be the guy. Yeah. And Dalvin Cook, yeah, there's Justin Jefferson, and there's other players that are just phenomenal talent, but Cook's in his own little world, man. He can do yeah. all sorts of things. I don't know if you watched the game against the Green Bay Packers last year, but wow. And <laughs> just, he yep. just he's so good. These these two guys are so good. They're in their own tier. They're one and two. And and I'm not mad if you take Cook over CMC. Like that's all preference as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. T- t- take who you want because both these guys are just phenomenal. They're outstanding, and they're they're in their league of their own. Yeah. So that's actually what I was going to ask you is like, do you feel like you can make an argument to have Dalvin Cook over CMC? Because in all honesty, I kind of have even a gap between those two. I'm pretty locked in as CMC at one and Dalvin Cook as two. I've seen people rank them opposite in, you know, in that opposite way, but how, how do you feel about that? You you could make the argument, I guess, if you if you want, because I don't like I guess I don't know how Donald's going to do in that system right away. Sure. You know, maybe Donald's going to come Injury in and just really want to pass the ball that too. Maybe he's going to want to come in and pass the ball a lot. Maybe he doesn't want to dump it off uh, to CMC a lot. I, I don't know. I don't know how they're going to draw up those plans. I can't imagine a world where CMC is not the plan most of the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But Dalvin Cook, man, once he gets the ball, like, it, like I said, you can say the same for both of them. I just, I don't trust Kirk Cousins first off. And that's fair. It's hard to make it, I guess, for Cook, but. I'm sure if a Vikings fan could make it a really good argument better than I could, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, no, that makes sense. Uh, but uh, I, yeah, well, I mean, 
I, I would I would never I probably won't in any scenario take Cook over CMC if I if given nope. the option. But no thanks. Yep, I'm there with you. CMC over Dalvin Cook all day for me. Uh, let's go ahead and move on to next our next tier to tier two. Um, we've got four players here coming in at third is Derrick Henry. Fourth for us is Alvin Kamara. Fifth, Jonathan Taylor. And sixth is Ezekiel Elliott. Tyler. Woo! Woo! Okay, so first, first off, uh, the Derrick Henry and Alvin Kamara, that was one of the, the places that we differed. Uh, Tyler actually has Alvin Kamara third. I have Derrick Henry third. Um, and then we each have the other other player reverse order there. Um, in full PPR, I'm probably taking Kamara. In half, I'm probably taking Derrick Henry. That's about as big as these kind of differences get for me um, in the scoring <laughs> formats, you know. Um, in half, I just like Derrick Henry a little bit more. I still think he's going to get that same kind of workload he had last year, even if it's a little bit less. I think that's okay. Alvin Kamara was really, really good this past season, but his stats were he scores a lot of touchdowns, which is good. And, and there's the uncertainty with the quarterbacks, which I'm I'm less worried about now, but it's still a factor. Um, I just feel a little more confident in Derrick Henry's role in that offense. And that's kind of what it comes down to for me. Yeah, uh, I think, like like you said, that there's more weapons in Tennessee. I think Kamara's going to be the guy where he kind of gets leaned on. He's one of the few options there. So I like Kamara a little bit more, but I, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I see argument for both those guys in either of yep. those spots. So um, this is kind of the controversial one. Not really sure who made these rankings. We did. Just kidding. Um, Jonathan Taylor <laughs> at number five. Woohoo, baby. Jonathan Taylor. Hey, you have him at five, <laughs> too. I don't even want to hear it. I, I do. I, I do. I completely do. I, I love JT, dude. He's the man. Hopefully. Because... <laughs> Number five is very high. This is not a top ten ranking. This is a top five ranking. So yes, he, he better is, be he's up there on it. You know, he's ranked above Zeke. He's ranked above Saquon, Chubb. Mm-hmm. Like this dude better be on it. I, I I think what we saw from him in the last half of the year last year is is signifying of what we're gonna see from him in the, him in the future. Yeah. And really, I mean, Carson Wentz, I think, is an upgrade. To Philip Rivers, argument obviously could probably be made other ways, other right. otherwise. But I like Carson Wentz over Philip Rivers. But we don't know how he's going to do. If he struggles, I still think that benefits JT a lot. You know, I think that he's mm-hmm. just going to get more, more carries and more opportunities. But I, it's a risky move. But I think you just going to kind of go, kind of have to call your shot with Jonathan Taylor. You absolutely do. If you want him, you just have to take him here because he's not—he's not falling much further. Um, He's—he is his ADP is also really high. He's getting drafted right about where we have him ranked, and like we said, it's—it's a high ranking, and there's definitely some risk to that. Um, And I think there's a chance that he doesn't, you know, finish as this like top five, top ten running back. But I want to ask you a question as a non-Colts fan because I'm definitely. Slightly biased. I've talked about it before. Got my signed Jonathan Taylor mini helmet sitting in my my bookshelf yes. in my desk at, or in my office at work. Love As it. a non-Colts fan, okay, what do you mm-hmm. really feel like 
the realistic floor is for Jonathan Taylor. Assume he plays, assuming he plays all season, like what's really the worst you see happening. So the worst I absolutely see happening is Naeem Hines and Marlon Mack being back from injury is those guys seeing way more opportunity than we are anticipating. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and him just not getting the touches that he needs to get to, to be in the top 10, top five category when come the end of the season. That's the worst case scenario. I don't foresee that happening because I think, I think he's going to be one of those backs just from what I've seen that, you know, even if he gets half the touches that we think he's going to get, I think he's going to be that back that makes the most of it. And it's just explosive. And it's just, he's going to run up the middle and break those tackles and just go or get those touchdowns and just go. That's what I'm hoping for, and that's what I think will happen. I think he's going to get the job done. I think he's going to make the most out of the opportunities that he gets. So worst-case scenario, opportunities go down, touches go down, and he just – all the touchdowns go to Naeem Hines and then, or, or Marlon Mack, and then it blows up in everybody's face. Right. But as we mentioned, his ADP is super high right now in these drafts, in the mocks I've done, in the actual drafts I've done. He's going so high. Yeah, his ADP might be a little high for where you value him, but if you believe in him and you want to take that chance, you have to take that chance because you're not going to pass on him in round one and then hope he comes back around to you. That's It's yep, not going to happen. Not, yep. Yeah, absolutely. He, he He's getting drafted high. He's getting drafted. Um, I wouldn't say to his ceiling because I really do. I think his ceiling is RB1. I think he has the talent. Oh, for sure. In the in the right situation, like the things could line up to where he could be that the number 1 running back in fantasy. Um but he's not far from that ceiling, right? He's only drafted a few spots behind Christian McCaffrey there. Um so if mm-hmm. you want him, you got to kind of get up and get him. Let's move on into tier 3 here. Um Ezekiel Elliott, I think is important for us to mention really quick though. He is number six for us. He's kind of crept back up our rankings as the off season has gone on. Uh, yep. I'm less worried about what happened last year than I was at the beginning of the off season. I think as I've thought about it, it's just like that was a fluky year. And yeah, I'm just sure. willing to say he's going to get a ton of work. I think that offense is going to be electric. He should get plenty of touchdowns, plenty of catches that he, he just kind of has to be drafted highly i think because because of the opportunity he's going to get so he's one of my favorite values in drafts right now yeah i i agree i zeke zeke and michael thomas are like this weird grouping of people that one bad or injured year and yep. everyone just forgets about them so yeah it, i'm it still is a kind fan of, of zeke yeah i say take him especially for the value that I'm, i've seen him go in second rounds in some of the drafts yeah i i have as well it's, it's it is it's absolutely insane to me he is absolutely a first round pick in my opinion um but if let's you go find ahead, yourself in the on. second round and he is there yeah you're, you, you just have a better take because he, he can just easily finish as a top three running back like Easy. i would not be surprised you know what i mean so it's just such great value there um tier yeah. three for us uh coming in at number seven is saquon barkley number eight is austin eckler Number nine, Nick Chubb, and number 10, Aaron Jones. All right. Saquon, real quick. I feel like he's been dropping down my rankings. How what is your current like gut feeling on him right now? No go. So, uh, I don't know. 
That's yep, how you feel exactly. about Saquon right now? Yeah, for sure. That's exactly how I'm I feel. I don't... pretty much the same way. And he recently had an interview where he was asked, I think, where, when he, what, what his outlook is on week one, and he like really didn't answer it. It was very indirect. So yeah, how weird is that? Uh, I don't like that. It does not. Just, it's uh, that does not make me feel better. It, I didn't feel good as it was, and nope. I really don't feel good enough with that. I mean, but he's a, kind of the same as Zeke, right? Where you might be able to get him for a decent value, and he could still finish top three or top four. Like sure. it could happen. Yeah. Um. I don't know when, when your best running back is your quarterback, though. I just, I just okay. Oh, let's uh, let's let's not say kick that. me off the podcast now for speaking the truth. What? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Let's move on to Austin Eckler. That's a way more fun conversation. <laughs> oh, Austin Eckler is such a more fun conversation. He, man, I'm I'm pretty excited about Austin Eckler. I'm trying to get him wherever I can. Uh, just the, his I would role even, in the passing game, all the stuff, everything I love about him. In a PPR league too, which I'm mostly in, like I'm, I'm sometimes tempted to take him, like even with my tier two backs, just because of yeah. that that passing opportunity, especially with Herbert. Mm-hmm, you know, there's going to mm-hmm. be who are, who are his weapons. Yeah, what what Keenan do you feel Allen, like you're? Like what? What? What is keeping us from drafting Austin Eckler as a top five guy? Like, why is he not after Jonathan Taylor or before Jonathan Taylor? Like, why is he not before Jonathan Taylor? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, I think the thing that scares me is if when the Chargers are down, it's not going to be here. Here, Austin Eckler. Here, Austin Eckler. It's going to be like yeah. Here, Keenan Allen. Like right. Yep. You yeah. know, if they were a team that were up a little more, I think I would be a little more prone. Well, like I see the Colts being a, a much better team than the Chargers, so they might have the lead more, so they might hand the ball off more, or even just dump it off more. Like I don't see them being mm-hmm. in like, oh god, we got to come back situations. I think that's yeah, probably that's where I'm getting stopped. Okay, I, I I definitely could see that because I I'm guessing that in a lot of those roles, um, the other backs they are going to get that work whether it's justin jackson or joshua kelly i think joshua kelly's still there Um, i could see them getting a lot of those just like pure rushing touches and then the other thing is justin herbert austin eckler did get targeted well at the end of the season there but i just don't know like can we really count on that happening again where austin eckler gets or not austin eckler but justin herbert another year you know he gets a little better a little more confident Maybe he starts using his legs more even. So in in those dump off situations, what if they turn into what if, you know, one or two targets a game turns into, oh, Justin Herbert runs it for six yards and and dumps one off to Jared Cook. You know what I mean? So it's like, yeah, little things like that that kind of have me concerned. And, And then also just the workhorse role in general, like, is he going to be able to handle it and stay healthy? I don't know. I'm concerned about it. And that's kind of yeah. what keeps me from just going all in on Austin Eckler. Although I think he absolutely can finish as like a top five guy. And the the path is clear. You just, there's, there are definitely roadblocks to keep your eye on. It's funny looking at this list. So we're on number eight and one, yeah. two, three, four of these eight, half of them were injured most of the season. 
Isn't that last crazy? Year. That's yeah. nuts. Mm-hmm. And, and that's just stay healthy. What, these are the guys, right? And that's why, like, the running back position is so difficult when we when it comes to ranking them, when it comes to drafting them. It's it's like this weird dichotomy of like you have to draft them highly because when they hit, they're so valuable, but also like this hesitancy to go all in on them because they could just mm-hmm. break at any moment. It's a very uh, weird like thing that happens here in fantasy. Um, it's so weird. Yeah, <laughs> so that rounds out our top 10 Saquon Barkley, Austin Eckler, Nick Chubb, Aaron Jones. I do love me some Aaron Jones. So I'll be honest. Uh, oh, me too. I find myself liking the players on the Packers. I don't like this. Something to <laughs> I think I'm a variant. Oh, good. Me. Good reference there. Good I like reference, it. Right? Like it. All right. So question. We got, yeah. we rounded out this top 10. Mm-hmm, we got mm-hmm. some players in this top 10. Yeah, we do. Now that we've gone through them though, which, which is the last running back that you're like for sure out of this list, like taking before you decided, okay, Maybe I'm not going to go running back. Maybe I'm going to like pivot to a tight end or a receiver, or I, I need to make a move. Mm-hmm. You, you know, w- where's your line? Are we sticking with all 10 of these guys and then we're moving on? Or are you cutting the line somewhere? Maybe at like Barkley? Like, wh- what are you thinking? Yeah. So I, I've been finding myself um, in my drafts recently putting that line right after Zeke. So once I get out of tier two, my my first six picks are pretty much no matter what those first six running backs uh, they come off the board and then I hit spot six I take Zeke but if Zeke and those other five guys are gone I am tending to not look to running back and looking to those top receiving options uh so and it's been Travis Kelsey lately is who mm. I am okay. most interested in, and it's between Kelsey and Tyreek Hill, and Kelsey's kind of been where I've been leaning. Uh, I mean, that's no one can fault you for that, especially in a tight end premium league. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I'd probably lean like Hill, Devontae. I, yeah, I think I'm right with you there. I would say after Zeke, um, it depends how big of a. It just kind of depends on your league size as well. You know, if it's a yeah. fourteen team league, you know, maybe I'm gonna probably grab Eckler or Chubb before I move oh, on. Oh, sure. To yeah. to receivers, you're in a ten or twelve man. Yeah, I definitely I see that probably being my cutoff. Um, I do really really like Eckler. I'm pretty high on him this year. Mm-hmm. So, just depends where I'm at in the draft, where my position is, uh, how how soon I have another pick coming around. Because there's a lot of receivers in this class, I feel like that are just really, really good receivers. Yeah, yeah you Adams in your hill, but you know, I'm okay missing those guys and still picking up, you know, a Calvin Ridley or or a Keenan Allen or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, so, moving on to tier four. Are you ready to move on to tier four? Are you ready to? Oh, I'm ready. Carry, carry the ball. All right. We got what do we got? We got three wonderful people. In this, we have Antonio Gibson, Chris Carson, and DeAndre Swift of the Detroit Lions, 11, 12, and 13. Love some Gibson in here. I love him. I I love me some Antonio. It's great. This is where the fun begins. Listen, I love 
this tier yeah. right here, right? I love I these love three guys. There's so much, I feel like there's so much value because I, what I've seen happening in drafts is after the Aaron Jones gets taken, after those you know top 10 guys go off the board, I feel like a lot of receivers end up getting picked and you can snag one of these guys who I think all could finish as a as a running back one easily top like yes. could could be top 10 guys like no question and I, i've been getting them pretty late i find myself with deandre swift in almost every draft i'm doing uh because i'm just a little higher on him than everyone else is uh yes yeah, so but man I'm, i love this tier I, I i completely agree i love me some gibson and i think you and i I know we have actually not talked about this, but I just got really excited because I can feel that we're thinking the same thing right now. It's mm-hmm. freaking weird. I, I can feel <laughs> what we're thinking. But I know you and I both have him r- roughly right here at 10 11 because I know we both see the upside and I know yep. we're not scared, but we're just hesitant to call our shot on him any higher. I, I, I yes. just, I know, but I know that we both have him in our minds as that, like, I hesitate to say top five, but like he's up there, man. Like I, I really like Antonio Gibson and the value you're going to get at him in this tier four. He has been going kind of high. Depends on how people value him in your leagues. Yeah, because I know some people think that way, where they just want to grab him. I'm one of those people. I see the PPR upside. He's got Fitz Magic. I, I, I just really think this Washington team is going to be really good, despite all the franchise troubles that have been going on the last few months <laughs> the last few years yeah regardless i think they have a really good team I and antonio gibson is on the positive end of that uh chris carson guys it's a running team now i don't know if anyone told you uh um, even if it's not like even if it's chris not carson he's a solid option is, he is involved in that offense he is going to get his work he is so undervalued it blows my mind Dude, I know it, it's it's nuts. I've been getting him for a great value, probably in this tier four range, and I absolutely love it. Like I feel like I'm still getting my RB one when I draft him that late. Yeah, and and mm-hmm. I and I love it so much. But what I want to ask you, you have been a lot higher on Swift than I have. It's, yes, it just has been. I'm higher on Swift than a lot of people. I don't I don't understand how you're drafting a player from a team that doesn't exist. But let's talk about DeAndre Swift for a minute. Tell me why you think DeAndre Swift is, you know, number 13 overall running back in in tier four. Yeah, so that's, that's a really great point. This team is going to be really, really bad. Okay, I absolutely 1,000% believe that. They're going to be terrible. But let's not forget... Jacksonville Jaguars last year finished with the worst team and what? got the number one pick in the NFL oh, draft. Yeah. James Robinson was still a top 10 running back. Hey, there's no, there is a precedent for running backs being able to succeed even when their teams are bad. And yes, some things have to go right, but, but it can definitely happen. Okay. So that, but that's not my argument. I'm not saying okay because James Robinson did it. DeAndre Swift's going to do it do it that's not what i'm saying at all deandre swift finished as the running back 18 last year in only 13 games he only played 13 full games last year that's about two less than a lot of the other players above him finished uh one and a half maybe you know what i mean so it's like yeah where would he have been maybe he's a top 15 guy already 
had he played, you know, at least one more game. But with, with DeAndre Swift, here's what I see. I see an offense that is completely barren, has no weapons, nothing going for it, right? And yes, yeah. that means I, I do believe scoring opportunities are going to be down. So I don't see touchdowns being his strong suit necessarily. But I think there's a good chance that he gets the work there inside the five, right? So last year, Adrian Peterson was kind of there inside the five guy. He had 15 carries inside the five that turned into seven touchdowns, which is actually a pretty good rate there. Wow. Swift yeah. had 11 carries inside of the five and that turned into six touchdowns. So he was just as effective a little wow. bit more than Adrian Peterson was there inside the five kind of on the goal line there in those close short short yardage situations and their offensive line only got better let's not forget that they added penny sewell that will matter i think that that offensive line is is kind of like sneaky good um Mm -hmm. also i think his passing work he was 11th amongst running backs last year in targets per game he was ninth in receptions per game he was getting a lot of passing work relative to the rest of the league and here's what i think if DeAndre Swift manages to get both the goal line work for the Lions and is very involved in the passing game. I think he's set up to be a top five running back. If he only gets one of those things, say Jamal Williams comes in and takes the passing role, but DeAndre Swift still is the the like goal line back. I think he Mm -hmm. can be, he'll still be like a running back one in my opinion. So I'm right now I have him ranked as my running back 11 because I just think there's going to be a ton of work, not a lot else going on. Even if Jamal Williams is like the passing downs back, I think that in every other situation, like Swift is going to get so many targets because it's him and Hawkinson. So I just see volume, like a lot, a lot of volume and a good player. And I'm willing to call my shot on that. That's fair. I, I think you make very valid points. Um, you're a little more bold on that. Even on, even with those fantastic points, I'm still a little scared of DeAndre Swift, especially with Todd Gurley coming in and taking away some of that. I'm sorry, I'm reading into the future. We'll revisit that when that's official. Anywho, let's uh, let's Here's go ahead and move into TVA on you. Ooh. Let's go ahead and move into tier five. Uh, so let's tier five it. is actually super interesting. Um, it is. It's I think all these, one. I think all these guys in this tier. There's four guys in this tier. I want to talk about. I think all of them have the. They really do have the upside to be really high scores. And at tier mm-hmm. five, I think their value would be really good. Downside is I don't, I don't know where the line is that you want to like call your shot with these guys, because yeah. like number fourteen right off the bat, first guy in this tier is Cam Akers. I like Cam Akers. I think he's got a lot of upside, but. He's being taken pretty early, I think, from what I've seen. Yeah, I think his and, ADP is is pretty darn close to top ten running back, and I ooh, that scares me a lot. Yeah, I, I'm not going to take him over Chris Carson. I'm not going to take him over Antonio Gibson. I, I I might call my shot over Chris Carson. Might. Ah, uh, it just like I said, it depends where I'm sitting at the draft, but I really. I do like both those guys. I kind of view them pretty similarly. I'm taking both those guys over DeAndre Swift. That's just me. Hey, 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 h
You know, I, I do like Akers. ADP's getting high, so he's. I think he's kind of one of those guys with Jonathan Taylor where you kind of just have to call your shot. You really like Cam Akers? You really see that upside? Do it. Call it. Because I do see Cam Akers being able to finish in the top 10 easily. I think oh, he, sure. he's going to get those opportunities, especially with Matthew Stafford there. Matthew Stafford is in L.A. I think a lot of people keep forgetting that. You know? Yeah. So... I mean, look at the statistics you just told me. AP, inside the five, had 15, carry, I, 15 carries, you know, you know, seven touchdowns. Uh, Swift had six touchdowns. You know, Akers is the guy. There's not two mm-hmm. guys there in L.A. So all those opportunities are now going to Akers. So call your shot I think, you're, I think you're sleeping on Daryl Henderson a little bit. I think he is... Better than we give him credit for, and he will have a bigger role than people want to admit. That's my biggest gripe with the Cam Akers love is like, I just I don't feel like I have enough data to say he is the like bell cow there. If he is, I think mm-hmm. he's going to be a top, a number like a running back one because of that offense. I just don't feel confident enough to say, yep, he's getting all of the work. That's fair. I I probably am sleeping on Daryl Henderson just a little bit there. Um, I don't know. I just really liked what I saw at the end of the year. I'm probably I probably just have really short term memory, but I I like it. Um, I think it's fair, and like just like we were saying with Jonathan Taylor, if you like him, you have to decide that you like him quite a bit because if you want him, I just looked up his ADP. He's getting drafted as the running back eleven. Yeah, he's up That's, there. <laughs> that feels like a lot. Like from seeing very, in all reality, we we didn't see a ton from him last year, and, and so we're really kind of extrapolating. And I don't, I just don't know how comfortable I am making that announcement yet. No, totally fair. It, it's like him and Jonathan Taylor are both kind of in their same similar situation. Great mm-hmm. show out uh, at the last half of the season, um, and we're just gonna ho- hope it carries into this this upcoming twenty twenty one season. So. Uh, moving on, Joe Mixon is the next guy on this list. I, I've talked about it on this show before. I absolutely love Joe Mixon. I see the upside there. I like the weapons on this Bengals offense a lot. I think they're going to be down in a lot of situations, so I think they're going to be passing more than running. But he's gotten a lot of he's gotten a lot of targets in the past. You know, I believe it, it was over eighty five percent catch rate every time he was targeted in, in mm-hmm. his career fantastic numbers i do see him being that guy that maybe they're on the 12 you know maybe they're on the fifth they're in the red zone maybe he, they're gonna dump it to him pass it off to him burrow gives it to him and he gets in there i, I see upside for joe mixon i i think you know we have him uh, here at ranked 15th i think that's really low for where he's gonna finish because i do see i see that value and i do see him uh barring he can stay healthy obviously it's been a big issue with a lot of these backs last year. Barn, he can stay healthy. I, I think Joe Mixon is someone that, you know, if you can get him for a good price, take him. You know, I, I think I think a lot of people are going to be surprised with Joe Mixon next season. Okay, okay. I, I do like him at this, like right about this value. Um, because I think there is a ton of upside. He could easily finish as a as a running back one. Um, he could even finish as like a top five guy. You know, he still has that yeah. 
potential absolutely does um but i don't know i'm just a little hesitant to like draft him at what i feel like his ceiling is and so i'm glad his adp has come down but that that has made me much more comfortable being and willing to take him i don't think i've gotten him yet i feel like most of the drafts i've been in people have there's there's always one guy there's always one person who's going to take joe mixon you know what i mean there's somebody that loves joe mixon and is going to take him as the 13th or 14th running back off the board. And so I'm just not going to get him. Not me. Me. All right. <laughs> Mixon's cool and all, but let's talk about the man with three names. Clyde <laughs> Edwards Hilaire. The Fresh Prince. Guys, the Fresh Prince of Hilaire. Guys. Let's talk Clyde. Right? Come on. I like him. Steven likes him. And I think Steven and I are actually both in this category. Mm-hmm. I'm getting a little more excited for him. I've started to find myself when he's on the board thinking about pulling that trigger Absolutely. a little more than I have in the past. Yeah. He, he's been somebody that I'm looking at as like, okay, is he still going to be there You know, when it comes back to me the next round? Because... It's like, oh, when he falls, I feel like the value is crazy when I'm able to grab him. It's been hard to get him. I feel like because I'm ten, like I'm usually taking a wide receiver over him, um, the or or one of those th- you know top three tight ends. Mm-hmm. But I'm just getting more and more excited about Clyde Edwards-Helaire. And let's not forget how we thought of him last year, going into the season. He was being drafted as a top like top eight guy. He was high. I, I didn't get him anywhere last year. Yeah, it was, he was nuts going how, so how high. high he was going. Um, I, I remember be, drafting him in one league in the first round, and then it just did not work out well for me. He was <laughs> no. disappointing, without a doubt. Um, he finishes the running back 22 last year, which is like 14 spots below his ADP, maybe 15 spots below what it was, um, which is quite a bit. But, you know, it was his rookie year. There was some weird stuff going on there as far as, like, the team was in contention, you know, headed towards a Super Bowl. They had some other guys back there that aren't there now. So it, it, it seems like the competition yep. is going to be different for him to get touches. Um, maybe Andy Reid's more comfortable with him. I don't know. I, I, there's a lot of narratives I can spin, I feel like, to say Clyde Edwards-Alaire is going to be phenomenal for fantasy because that offense is – the best in the league. So good. I, I think I I think we're gonna go into this season. I think the Chiefs are gonna I think they're gonna open up that playbook a little more. I think we're gonna see more handoffs and more opportunities for CEH. Like you said, I think some of the competition's gone. I think they're gonna kinda put put that trust into him a little more. I think it might be one of those make it or break it years for him. Uh yeah. without it for sure. And you know, I think it's time to call that shot one more time. Yeah, we did it last year, drafting him so high, but yep. you're going to get a lot better value this year. You know, there won't be as much risk, and mm-hmm. but I think there might be as much reward. I do think yep. that is a possibility. Um, like like we had mentioned, we're both getting excited about him. I think you're going to be able to get him for value. So, yeah, I, I like him a lot. <laughs> as... Do I last player in this tier is Najee Harris coming in at running back 17 for us. Not this one's not complicated, guys. 
he's the only back there in Pittsburgh. That's a team Ball, that yeah. will run the ball, maybe not a ton. I think they're going to pass a lot with Big Ben, um, but he's going to get all of the, the running work. And the offense will probably score a decent amount. Maybe it's not fantastic, but it shouldn't be like, I'd be surprised if it was like bottom five, bottom 10, you know what I mean? It should be good enough that he mm-hmm. will put up points. And so even though he's a rookie, the, the path there is just so like clear for him just to come in, get a ton of work. Also in the passing game too, he's an effective pass catcher. Um, so Najee is just someone he could yeah. be a, he, he could be a running back one as well. If he just stays healthy and is consistent, um, the ceiling for me, is where I'm has where I don't like him as much because I just don't see him jumping into the top five or so. Yeah, or really even or really even like top eight. You know what I mean? I feel like that offense just isn't going to be good enough to for him to be able to also, you know, be crazy good. No, and um, I mean you got I think is it I think it's Claypool where he saw some rushing attempts in the red zone he last did. year. He did. Yep. So that's just something you got to kind of keep in the back of your mind too. Um, you might be able to. He, I think he's gonna. It's just gonna be the volume that carries Najee. I yeah. think this season it's not gonna be like the touchdowns or anything. For sure. But I, I do like Najee. Just don't go too high on him. Yep. Uh, I'm I'm the same way. I don't. I just. He'll be good, but not like crazy good. So. All right, let's uh, let's talk tier six. This is a weird tier. Um, this is it is a weird tier because I see some people that could finish top eight, top five. I see some people that could finish top three, top two. I see some people that might be very irrelevant. <laughs> um, so this tier consists of J.K. Dobbins, David Montgomery, Josh Jacobs, and Mike Davis. All right. So if there was ever a thing called the love train, Josh Jacob missed that a long time ago on this podcast. <laughs> yes, he did. Yes, he did. <laughs> it, I, I feel, I honestly feel bad. I like, I feel like I did something mean to someone like it just I shot know, Josh Jacobs just so low on this list. I just, and I know we've mentioned it a thousand times. I just don't believe in him. What he finished eight, I think nope. last year. Yeah. And, we have about what twenty now in tier six. Oh my goodness! Yes, it's a big drop, isn't that? That's a big old drop. I just yeah, Kenyon Drake's there in Las Vegas now. That doesn't tell me a lot of confidence is there for Josh Jacobs. And they're both yep. making a lot of money, so it's not like Kenyon Drake's on there on this one year, two million dollar deal. Like he's making mm-hmm. some money. So I, <laughs> players to avoid. Josh Jacobs is mine. Yep. Just yep. Always. Yep. 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 So um, another, if you can get him, if you can get him later than this, you know what I mean? I'm pretty okay grabbing him because I think his role is locked in. The problem is his role yes. is not what makes you win fantasy. His role is the rushing downs guy, but he's not the end zone guy. I don't think, I don't think he's the, you know, inside the five guy and he's not the passing mm-hmm. downs guy. So like, I'm not that interested in somebody who's going to go for 15 for 80 every week you know what i mean no. so it's just like maybe he gets you eight points a week but but the thing is he he can be that's the thing with yes. josh jacobs that's the problem that's why that's what i don't so like difficult he's just i i don't 
Josh Jacobs is like the definition of gambling in, in mm-hmm. fantasy, in my opinion. Like, I don't know. Maybe you just go all in on him because he's got that potential. He could finish in the top five. He honestly could finish in the top five. Yes, it's absolutely. He's got, got that out of like, it's. Yeah, he's it's, got the talent. I think that's one of the biggest things. Is this is one? This is a really good example of fantasy football being about situation a lot more than it is about actual talent, right? Josh Jacobs, I believe, is one of the better running backs in the league. The problem is the team that he's on, the coaching staff, the other what like weapons that are there. I just don't see his role providing a ton of fantasy value moving forward. And and you're right, we've pooped on Josh Jacobs a lot <laughs> over the last you know 25 episodes or whatever. But I really want to nail that nail that in is like, yes, there will be a floor to Josh Jacobs, and it might be an eight point floor, but I just don't see a ceiling for him and that's why i'm so low on him but the other players in this tier jk dobbins david montgomery mike davis out of all of these guys who have you found yourself drafting the most of um out of this list mike davis just because of the opportunity i think that he's gonna see this season you know julio is gone i don't even know who the backup is in atlanta I think Mike Davis Ryan is going to utilize maybe? a lot. I don't even know what that's not a name in my mind. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Mike <Yep>. Davis <laughs> is the guy. By the way, Mike Davis and Brian Hill are the two most made up names ever in football. <laughs> the, who, so what? just like crazy generic. <laughs> like that, that. Those are the preloaded players names that come on <laughs> like a Madden thing before you actually yep. type in your name. And, and I just, Mike Davis is going to see a lot of opportunities. I think, yes, yeah. Atlanta's going to pass the ball. That's Matt Ryan's thing. But you know, when they're if they're inside the five, if they're inside the ten, why? Why? Who's to say he's not going to see a majority of those opportunities? So, Mike Davis, for the value he is going at right now, I don't know where his ADP is at, but I know the value he is going at. Steal, in my opinion. Yep, I'm the same way. His ADP, running back 28, and I think that is just ridiculous. Oh. Like, I I don't know. Like, I don't I don't see him as this like finishing as a top 10 running back or whatever. But he's just gonna have the volume. And it's like Najee Harris. It's like he doesn't have to be crazy efficient. He is the guy there. And you're right. Like, there will be. I think there are some extra targets to be had with Julio Jones leaving and maybe even Matt Ryan getting older, you know, that might help with what if his arm starts to go a little bit more dump offs. I don't know, but like maybe that's, that's probably stretching it more than I need to for the argument that we can make for Mike Davis, just being a really consistent, solid options. And you're right out of this tier. I've been drafting a ton of Mike Davis um, and really none of, jk dobbins in this tier because i'm same just lower on him than consensus he's his adp is running back 15 and that even feels lower than what i'm seeing him go as i feel like as soon as those first 10 guys go off the board jk dobbins could be at any point after that people the people that are high on jk dobbins are very high on him and i'm just not one of them 
So Same. he just falls for me all the time. So, yeah, I definitely agree with that. Uh, Mike Davis. Uh, one last thing I want to say about him is just like he, I think he hangs out at Coles a lot. Mm, I swear to probably. God, he's like seventy to eighty percent off of like his actual value. Like it's it's just nuts. That... Coles is always running sales, and yeah, Mike Davis's price tag is so low. Go ahead and grab him. I do have a question that you can maybe look up for me. Oof. That's how I felt about that Oof. joke. <sighs> That's okay. There'll be more to come. I'm not going to let it get Whoa. me. Roasted. Wow. Question for you. Gotcha. Anyway, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> uh, I need you to uh, look up a statistic for me super quick. I need you oh, I to look up David David Montgomery's ADP. Can, can you find that? I sure any, can. It is running back uh, 21. Running back 21. Okay, I'm glad he's 21. Because per a recent statement from Coach Matt Nagy of the Chicago Bears, David Montgomery is going to see 20-plus targets a game this Tar- season. 20-plus touches or carries. Touches. I, I apologize. Carries <laughs> a game. 20 Plus touches. Now, if that's a thing, if it's not a facade, if it's not smoke, if it's all real, don't think it is. If it's all real, I don't think it is either. But we're having this now. We need to go back to the Najee conversation about volume. Yeah. And if that's the case, ooh, I think we might be able. I think we might see another David Montgomery top ten. Dare I say top five? Ooh, 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 ooh. He finished no, running back four last year. Yeah, don't forget that, guys. Don't forget David Montgomery was the running back four last year. So that's a big four. drop in his ADP. You want to talk about drops? That's bigger than the Josh Jacobs that's one. Probably the biggest. Um, I'm scared to draft him. I'll just be completely honest. Yeah, it's I, kind I just, of terrifying. I don't want to be part of that ride. But if what but I'm hearing is, is true. I don't know, man. Is he going to do worse than running back 20, though? No, I don't think he falls worse than 20 back, running right, back like, 20. Right, like, at the end of the year, no. he's going to be... Forget last year happened. Okay, What was he before that? He was just, like, a very consistent, like, 12 points mm-hmm. a game kind of guy. He did it every week, just wasn't flashy about it. And I think that's his, like, worst-case scenario. But... With Justin Fields coming in, what if this offense takes a step forward? What if Matt Nagy realized, like, hey, I should probably give the ball to David Montgomery more because he is good. He's a good player. Then I think there's definitely some upside there. And I think David Montgomery proved that last season. Absolutely true. Um, So I think think we can draft David Montgomery. I I haven't gotten him really, I don't think, anywhere. yeah, me not either. because I'm low on him, but just because it hasn't happened, I think. Probably because I think what's hard here is that I know I can get Mike Davis, you know, a round later or yes. two rounds later. And that's what's happening is I'm grabbing yes. these wide receivers because I know Mike Davis is going to fall. And, and I've that's happened to me quite a few times, I think. Um, but anyway, let's move on. We're already good chunk through this episode. Let's move yes. into our la- final tiers here. Um, 
important point. I think there is a huge drop off here. Do you do you feel the same way? Like after Mike Davis, I feel like there's a big gap for the rest of the guys on this list, right? I I do, except for one guy. Okay, whose ADP is I don't know where his ADP is, but I can tell you it's not where he's listed on here. Um, so t- <laughs> tier seven, um, big drop off. We go into tier seven. We have Chase Edmonds, Kareem Hunt, Travis Etienne, Miles Gaskin, and Miles Sanders. Now we have Travis Etienne at number twenty four. I feel like he is being drafted in like round two. Everywhere I've been in, maybe his early ADP round is running back thirty one. I and I don't know who I'm playing with. But everyone is taking ETN. <laughs> so that's like, like around that's like around six, I think. Round six is not any league I've been board. in. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do it so, literally the round three is probably the latest I see him go anywhere. It's nuts. Jeez, that's that's crazy. That's just not gonna happen. It's nuts. And maybe it's just these I, I'm in a lot of leagues though. And they all seem uh-huh. to be like that. Um so I don't think you're going to get him in my experience and my personal experience. If you can get him way down here, go for it. I think I do see some upside for Etienne. I know he's been lining sure. up in the slot down in Jacksonville and I was excited when they took him. I think he's going to be really excelling that offense, especially when James Robinson gets out of there. Cause that's, that will happen. Uh, and, but give that time. If you're in a redraft, which is what we're referring to this season, don't mm-hmm. yep. don't go too high on ETN. Um, you, I think you might even be able to get him for a steal later if he just doesn't produce the first few weeks. You know, maybe yeah. you can it's get him for a good it's deal. Definitely possible. Yeah. Uh, but don't don't waste a high draft pick on him. It's it's not worth it. I'm I'm high on ETN, and I'm telling you, don't waste a high draft pick on, on <laughs> right now. Yeah, I was gonna say I know Tyler's pretty excited about him, and I think that's why he's so bitter about him getting taken so early in drafts because I am. Tyler's probably willing to reach a little bit, but it feels like people are just reaching way ahead of him. And he, I was going to take him at two eight. Why did you? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. All I right. Um, so this, this tier, I don't, I don't love it. Um, Chase Edmonds is kind of the front runner of this tier for us. And I'm just, it's crazy how much less confident I am in Chase Edmonds than I am in Mike Davis. And and it's a one one weird? spot gap here in our in our rankings, but it's it's a big difference for me. Um I don't even know if Chase Edmonds is a starter on that team. I'm not I, confident. I would rather insane. I, that, right? I, I feel like, better with Kareem Hunt. Like I just I feel like Kareem Hunt's a more solid option than Chase Edmonds. Yeah. I you know I, I, <laughs> I think I do too. I I technically have Edmonds ranked a little bit higher, and it, but it's weird because maybe there there's maybe a little more upside with Edmonds because maybe. if he is the guy and he gets a lot of the work, he should be good. But we just don't know. Whereas Kareem Hunt, we know is not the number one guy. Like he will not. I, I think I'm worried with Edmonds. Like I think it's one of those situations where. I feel like I was confident with him having or with Kenyon Drake there, but mm-hmm. I feel like yep. on his own being the guy, I'm not. It's weird. I don't know what it is. Yeah, it's just like, his size and can he be? You know the can he do the things he hasn't really done yet is the question, and I'm just not 
sure if he can. And they Maybe brought in James Conner. Like, did true. they bring in James Conner to do those things? Mm. In which case, we end up in this situation like Josh Jacobs and Kenyon Drake. And you just don't really know what those roles are going to look like. Um, so I'd rather take James Conner way later than take Chase Edmonds, where he's being drafted as the running back 25. So I guess we even have him ranked a little higher. But this, this these kind of five guys right here in this tier kind of just a crapshoot for me. So really, yeah, I don't see a ton of difference between any of these guys. All right. So let's – so we have two more tiers. I'm just going to name them off. So we have a tier eight. After talking about tier seven, that's not a fun one. So at tier eight, we have Javante Williams, Michael Carter, Raheem Mostert, Melvin Gordon III, Damien Harris – and in tier nine, we have Zach Moss, Devin Singletary, David Johnson, Leonard Fournette, and Gus Edwards of the Baltimore Ravens. So I'm going to commandeer the ship from you. Oh, you you're mind. taking it over. Go ahead. I'm commandeering your ship. By the way, total side note, we were in Chicago this past weekend, and we were next to a boat, like a pirate ship type boat. And I'm like, I can see why this would be so hard to commandeer. They are so big. <laughs> I can see how this would have been an yeah, issue. but it, I can it, see that being difficult. It would be. But anywho, out of those um, wonderful names I just mentioned, because I think there are some potential potential breakouts. I think who, I do. If anybody, if you had to place a bet on any one of these backs I just named, finishing the season as an RB1, RB1 on the season, who, who, who might you reach out and, and, and grab? Yeah, so the there's not many of them that I think have like the potential to be a top 12 guy. Um but if I had to pick one, I think I think I think I would say and I'm going to I'm going to say without assuming an injury because like the answer the the answer I want to say is Javante Williams with Melvin Gordon out of the picture. But I don't see that happening without an injury or like something else crazy, like Melvin Gordon gets Do you cut. <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, exactly. So, uh, not that. So, in the current situations, the way everything stands, I think I will just go ahead and say this is impossible. I think Michael no, Carter. No, I agree. Oh, I agree with your first option. Right. Like Javante is. I thought you were going to go Raheem Mostert. You I thought about Raheem Mostert, too. I just don't feel confident in him being able to stay healthy. That's fair. You think Michael I Carter? Don't, I don't really trust the San, San Francisco to produce a number one top 12 running back. And so Michael Carter feels like the option. Leonard Fournette is somebody I thought about saying. Um, if he just takes over the role in Tampa. And Ronald Jones okay. is like twenty left bucks behind. right now. Who you? Who you? What name you throwing out there? Twenty bucks. If I yeah, if we're throwing out twenty bucks, not a real bet, but Javante Williams. Okay, that's that's. I think I would go there too. I would either go if I'm putting money on it right now. That's who I'd go with. I'm actually mm-hmm. a little intrigued by Damian Harris, though, to be honest. And you I know, think maybe that is he's someone that's a lot probably... of people are sleeping on. And I'm one of them. I know I'm one of them, and yet I still just did it. I didn't even, like, 
His name didn't even trigger anything in my mind, and I know it should. I know it should mm-hmm. because that's probably the correct answer. Yeah, he's clearly the number one guy going into next season. From all the reports coming out, he seems to be almost locked in without a mm-hmm. question that he's the guy. In, now, will they be able to produce on a running game? I don't know. It is New England. I, I So, I mean, that's he's a crapshoot, yeah. I feel like. I, yeah, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think Javante Williams would be my guy. I think I see a lot of upside with him. I do see him taking over the starting role by, like, week six or seven at the latest. I think that will happen, unless Melvin Gordon is just throwing up amazing numbers. Which I just don't. Not fantasy-wise, just in general. That um, is something I would not bet $20 on. I would not bet $20 on that either, but I do like Javante Williams. Um, if someone's like, throw out a name that you would never guess, I would honestly, I do like Leonard Fournette. I would almost maybe throw up Gus Edwards if the, if for some reason J.K. Dobbins was not playing this season yeah, or got hurt. I actually would really like Gus Edwards. I think there's a yeah. lot of upside with him. He's a workhorse. His yards per carry is is crazy. They just extended him. <laughs> I do really like him, especially with where you would grab him in the draft. Yeah. Um, but I, I've I've been drafting Gus Edwards a good amount. His his ADP right now, he's going as running back forty one, and I like him a lot, especially there at that he, value. He's one of those people where like. You know, people always throw around like, oh, you know, grab Derrick Henry's backup or CMC's backup or something as an insurance policy where I don't view Gus Edwards in that light. He's that guy where I guess, yeah, he could be the insurance policy to J.K. Dobbins. But at the same time, I still feel comfortable maybe throwing him in a flex every now and then, depending on the match. Yeah. Like he's a good start, I think, some weeks. Mm -hmm. I think so, too. I think there's always touchdown potential, especially if they're if the Ravens are favored then I, I like I'm perfectly comfortable starting mm-hmm. Gus Edwards because I think if they get ahead, I think he'll get more work than JK Dobbins will. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, without a doubt. So I like me some Gus. All right. So that finishes up our running back tiers. So we went through the top thirty six guys for you get for you. We split it up into nine tiers. And it gets ugly there at the end. It really does. Um, tier 7 is rough. Those are the guys that we have to rank higher than the rest of them because they'll probably finish higher. Um, but I, the value feels like it's in those Tier 8, Tier 9 guys, in my opinion. Yes. Yes. All right. So thank you guys again for tuning in to another episode this one was a, a little bit long we hope you guys can can stick it out but i think these this is super important right like you want to know who your running backs are who you're going after who you're targeting yes, yes. that first round of your drafts is, is so important and, and it really does come down to the running backs there yeah i mean they're gonna they could potentially you could get some guys for some value that win your championships you can get you could potentially get some guy you know, first round, that's going to lose you your championship. You'll lose your mm-hmm. league right away. You know, CMC last year. So, but don't be scared of injuries. Draft CMC, number one overall. Dalvin Cook, number two overall. And I just want to say, hopefully everybody's watching this on YouTube. Whoop, um, whoop, whoop, YouTube. Well, I guess if this is on YouTube... 
uh, I guess we'll just throw it out there because I, I don't know how this YouTube thing works. I'm like, I feel like I'm pretty hip with technology, but video technology just, just none of it works for me ever. So we'll just <laughs> use this time. We we'll use the time now to plug our Patreon. If you go to patreon.com slash first read football, you can, um, you can subscribe for as low as $3 a month, get some cool perks. I know we have a few tiers um, that includes our rankings. There's even a listener league tier in there. You can be part of the mm-hmm. other listeners and play some fantasy football because that's what mm-hmm. we're all about. So that go sure go check that out. Uh, it's real cool. And if you just want to look at the what's going on, you don't have to subscribe. Just look at it. But if you subscribe, that's way cooler. That's where the cool kids Yeah, we out. absolutely appreciate it. That is where For the cool sure. kids hang out. So go check out our Patreon. Go subscribe to all our social media, Instagram, Facebook, the Twitter, where Steven... Steven's actually kind of funny on Twitter. I'll admit it. I'll admit it on the podcast. Oh, wow. Look at I, that. I, <laughs> I hope I do find myself chuckle. I, you're in control. I don't know. So <laughs> um, there's some good tweets. So I'll retweet his tweets sometimes. And um, yeah, if you're on YouTube right now, if you're on the YouTube the tube of the you of the us of the we. Nope. Nope. Subs- never again. <laughs> Subscribe. <laughs> Click the the little bell notification. I think that's what people say. Smash that like button. Hawk, smash the like button. And don't get caught by the TVA. And until next week, may Ann Rogers not be on the Packers. <laughs> See you guys. <laughs>